Morning, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off first chapter in Ksuvah's 13b on the bottom, the last, the last line. There was a husband and wife who were betrothed, the first stage of the marriage. The last line on the bottom, 13b. They came before Rabbi Yosef. He Amra, she claims Mine, and she gave she gave birth. So she claims that it was Mine. <laughs> the father is, is her betrothed. The only one she had a relationship was her betrothed. Vu Amar, and he said, we continue on fourteen A. In true, so yes, correct. Minay from me. Amr Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef says, Lamay Nechish. Why should we? Why should we suspect Chada the Kamait? Firstly, the husband agrees, the betrothed agrees that he, yes, illegally, they were not allowed to be together, but they were. So he is the father. But in addition, we believe her. She knows for certain who, who the father is, who she was intimate with. And she says it's a kosher. She didn't, God forbid, commit adultery. Once you're betrothed, it's not like today an engagement. Betrothal is like a marriage. That if you if you commit adultery, you get stoned. So she says, it was no adultery. It was with my, my betrothed. Yes, I wasn't allowed to, but I did. We had relations and he's the father. I didn't do it. And the child is a kosher. So that's what Abiyasa says. So, the, so of course, there's nothing to worry. There's nothing to suspect. Amli Abaya Abaya said that Rabbi Yisef What are you saying? You're saying that what if what if the husband would not agree? Let's say the husband would not admit that he was the father. Would Amlil say that she's fit? Firstly, he said the first reason is because he admitted. And he says, even if he didn't admit, Rabbi Gamliel says that we trust her over him. But it would, in this case, would Rabbi Gamliel agree? But Shmuel said to Rabbi Yehuda, sharp one. Yes, the law follows Rabbi Gamliel. But don't don't follow this rule, unless the majority were kosher. Let's say she was in town, and most of the town are Jews. So then you can follow Rabbi Gamliel and believe her that the child is kosher, because you follow the majority. The majority. What's the question? The father is a non-Jew, the, or 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 a bastard? Or this? No, the majority of the people in the town are kosher Jews. So therefore. That's why. That's when you follow the law of Rabbi Gamliel that we believe her. But Hacha, in our case, the only one she could have relationships and it's kosher is her husband. Any other Jew had relationship with her, it's adultery. So how could you say Rabbi Gamliel? Or even in this case, we wouldn't follow Rabbi Gamliel. So what are you quoting me? Rabbi Huda said in the name of Shmuel that even if he didn't admit it. We would follow the Rabbi Gamliel. The law follows Rabbi Gamliel, not in this case. How the law can't follow Rabbi Gamliel? There's only one scenario where the child is kosher, and that's if it was with a husband. The majority, anyone else, if she had relationship with any other Jew, it's adultery, and the child is a bastard. So in this case, he can't believe her over him.
says, according to you, your reasoning, you can ask on that itself, on that statement. He says, First he says, the law follows Rabbi Gamliel. Shmuel says, the law follows Rabbi Gamliel. And then he says, but don't follow it. Don't act in it. Why not? In other words, what do you see from there? That Rabban Gamliel himself said in all cases, Rabban Gamliel himself holds that in every single case, even if you don't have a majority of Jews in town or culture, nevertheless you believe her, period. And Shmuel is saying, but don't follow his, don't follow him. Even though the law is like Rabban Gamliel, and he's correct, but in practice, don't follow it. So what do you have to say? That he's saying, in, after the fact, of course the law follows Rabban Gamliel, of course we believe her, and, we, and the child is kosher, we believe her, we take her word, that the one who had the father is a kosher, and it was a kosher relationship, so the child is kosher. But initially, don't follow. Initially, don't allow them. Initially, you shouldn't follow. You can't marry her, can't marry her, she can't marry a Koyan. Initially, since the majority in the town are not kosher Jews, maybe it's mostly non-Jews, but you can't, you can't. Yeah, so initially, don't follow. But after the fact, of course the law follows Ram Gamliel. So, here it's after the fact. The child is already born. It's also like after the fact. Because otherwise, she'll be prohibited to her husband. If you're going to be strict, what you're saying is that, that she committed adultery. So this is already like after the fact. Right. And also the child will be, will be disqualified. Because then the child is a bastard. She can't marry anyone. So therefore, it's like after the fact. And therefore, we followed up Gamliel. That's what Rabbi Yitzhak is arguing. So therefore, there's no reason to not believe her. Even, even if the husband would not admit it. In fact, the husband admitted it's so fine, so then there's nothing even to discuss. But even if not, even if the husband would not admit, we would follow, we would follow Rabbi Gamliel. It says we believe the woman, we believe the, the mother. Okay. As this seeming contradiction, me, Rabbi Shua, in the menace, Rabbi Shua argued with Rabbi Gamliel. And say the woman is not believed. I'll ask you a question. But I say, hey, Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Yehuda, I'm saying Rabbi Yisroel himself and Rabbi Yehuda, I'm saying to testify. Regarding a widow of a person of an uncertain status, maybe he's a cholol, maybe he's not. So he said that she is, and if she, if he's a cholol, what's a cholol? Cholol is a koyin who's disqualified. Let's say a child of a koyin who married a divorcee. So even though the child is a koyin, but the child is a cholol, he doesn't have the holiness of a koyin. Okay. And when he in turn has relationships with a woman, he disqualifies her. She becomes a cholola. She cannot marry a koyin. Wait a second, like the case of the Ten Kohanim. She's a Suffolk Let's say the mother was a, we're not sure if she's a divorcee. The husband gave her a divorce, but it's a doubtful divorce. We don't know if it was closer to him or closer to her. And then he dies, so she's a widow. 
and then she gave birth. So is is she a chalal? If she's a, and she married a, a, a koyin, and they gave birth to this koyin. So if the mother's a divorcee, then he's a chalal. He, he doesn't have the holiness of his status. He can marry anyone. And, and any woman he has a relationship with, she can no longer ever marry a koyin. She becomes a halala. Or if the divorce was not a divorce, and she's a widow, then the, husband, the child is 100% kosher, and then his wife is 100% kosher. So it's called dough, just like dough is mixed, mixed ingredients, right? Right. You mix the ingredients, you make the dough, so you don't know, you don't know what ingredient is what, I guess. It's all mixed together. So also her situation is mixed. We don't know, it's not clear what the status is. So he says, so they testify that the widow is allowed to marry a koyin. That we see from here, Rabbi Shua holds clearly that we follow her chazaka, her assumption that she's kosher, and the fact that she's married to a man. Who we have a doubt, maybe a chalul is not enough to usurp her chazaka. So it contradicts our Mishnah. In our Mishnah, Rabbi Shua says that we don't say that she has a presumption of innocence. Contradiction, because now Mishnah Rabbi Shua says that we don't presume that she's innocent, we don't believe her, and she's not allowed to marry a koyin. So Rabbi answers, How could you compare the two cases? Awesome over there, when a woman marries, she investigates her husband. Right. She goes to the library and checks. Yes, the books, right? yes. Yeah. She checks her, her, her his genealogy and then she marries. Right. When a woman has illicit relationship, you think she's doing research? It's in the spur of the moment. She got carried away. A sin of passion. Before you marry, you do. You send out the detectives and the shatchan, and you inquire and you make sure that everything is kosher, up and up. So surely, if she married him, we can assume we can assume that she investigated that her mother-in-law's divorce was not a divorce, that it landed closer to their mother-in-law's husband, and therefore she's a widow, not a divorcee, and she was able to marry the koyin, and the child is hundred percent kosher. Look at the opposite case. You're only asking a contradiction with Rabbi Shur and Rabbi Shur. is also a contradiction. said to them, and that, that we just quoted, in the case of Isa, in the case of a woman who was married to a doubtful Cholom. He said, we accept your testimony that, that that's what you heard and that's the law of a man nasa. What can we do? Rabbi decreed that you're not allowed to convene a court for this purpose to say that 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 that, that it's legitimate. Shakenim shemuchem l'rachik. Because the koinim are only going to listen to the court if the court will be strict to say that it's, she's prohibited but to say that she's permitted the kind of are not going to listen so Rabbi Gamliel holds that a woman who's uncertain is not allowed to marry a Koyen and here in our mission Rabbi Gamliel is the one who's lenient 
So it's like they flip their opinions. Here Rabbi Shua is lenient, and she can marry a Kayan, no problem, even though she may have slept and may have been intimate with a Cholol, which makes her a Halala, which makes her prohibited to a Kayan. He says, no, she's okay, she's kosher, she can marry a Kayan. And I'm Gamliel, who in our mission is lenient, and say, we believe her when she says who, who, she, who she had relationship with. He says over here that we don't, we don't in, practice, in practicality, in practice, we don't, Allow her to marry a guy. Hello, rather, my brother. I'm going to be a little kasha. It's not a contradiction. I'm going to be awesome, buddy. In our Mishnah, she claims with certainty. She said, I know who I slept with. What are you telling me? He's no good. No, he is good. In one case, he is. But there, she has no idea. How does she know what happened with the get? She doesn't know. She wasn't there when her husband's mother got divorced. She wasn't present. How does she know? She can't say for certainty that, that my husband is a cholol, not a cholol, whether my, my husband, my mother-in-law is a divorcee and not a divorcee. She doesn't know. Right. Also, it's not a contradiction. You know why Rabbi Shua is not lenient in our case? Because in our case, there's only one doubt. But there in the Mishnah, there are two doubts. What's the doubt? Here, it's only one doubt. Whether she had it was intimate with someone who's fit or someone who's unfit, with the bastards or someone who's kosher. But over there, there's two doubts. He said there was only one doubt. Is the husband a chalul? Is not husband a chalul? It's like a dough, mixed ingredients. It's mixed up. It's confused. We don't know it, what the status is. It's all mixed up. What do you mean two doubts? Dashi says it's not a. It doesn't mean over here like a regular svek svek, a, a double doubt. He means that the doubt of her status is not from anything that happened to her. It comes, stems from her husband's mother. The husband's mother, what happened to her? And she becomes, you want to prohibit her because she had relations with the husband. You want to prohibit the husband because it's something that happened to the mother. That's what he means. It's a two doubts. It's two steps. Not direct. Here it's direct. Who did she sleep with? Our mission. Who did she sleep with? Someone who's kosher. Someone who's not kosher. She slept with someone who's not kosher. Then, then, then she can no longer marry a koyin, and her child may be a bastard. She slept with someone who's kosher. She can marry a koyin, and her child is kosher. It's one doubt. Here it's derivative of two steps. It's indirect. It's, it's because what ha- what's her status depends what her husband's status is. What's her husband's status depends what her mother's status was. That's what he calls. It's like remove two doubts. In this case, you could be lenient. Oh, now the Gemara accepts Rav's Rav's opinion. Rav's uh, clarification. According to Ramgam Liel, Alam lay buddy. Buddy is so strong that feel According to Ramgam Liel, when she says for certain certainty is so powerful, she claims certain, she knows who she slept with. He doesn't know. She knows. So it's, it overwhelms, it overpowers, even if it's only one doubt. But if she doesn't know, then it weakens her position tremendously. You're just arguing hypotheticals. She has no clue. Then even in the case, if it's a secondary doubt, whether her status is derived from her husband's status or derived from the mother's status, nevertheless, since she doesn't know what happened, we say she's prohibited from marrying a koyen. And the Rabbi Shua, according to Rabbi Shua, Alum lechad sveika, one doubt is so powerful. I feel of a body not me possible. Even if she claims with certainty, I know who I slept with. We don't believe her. No, 
Since there's only one doubt, who did she sleep with? So therefore she's prohibited. For marrying a koyin and a child is prohibited. The kili but if it's a secondary doubt that comes from two steps, that was so lenient, even if she doesn't even know, we also say it's kosher. The rabbis learn what's considered amonis isa. Rabbis are clarifying when he says a doubt, we're not talking about someone who's a doubt, maybe he's a mamzer. Suffolk mamzer. You know, we don't know. We don't know if he's a bastard or not. We don't know his status. We don't know if he's a nothing or not. We don't know if he's a slave or not. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're only talking about someone who's a doubt if he's a cholo. Amr Amr says, we continue on side B, 14B. I heard. That anyone doesn't have any of these disqualif- possible disqualifications, Masiyan Lukun. Right, so Yamada said, what's Amir adding? That's exactly what the Rabbi Shur said. Rabbi Shur said. Rabbi Shur testified that Suffolk Cholol, Isa, Suffolk Cholol, is allowed to marry. What's Amir adding? He also said likewise. What's Ammonis Isa? The only doubt is whether he's a Cholol, the husband is a Cholol or not. Whether the husband's the, the mother-in-law, the husband's mother is a divorcee or just a widow. Uh-huh. Why? Why in that case? Why in the case of a mamzer not? Because the Jewish people recognize the bastards among them. But they don't recognize the halalim among them. So if it's a question with a husband, that sees husband is a mamzer, we should say she's fit. It's not even a doubt. But if he was really a mamzer, everyone would know about it. If it was a possible hollow, we have to say that she's disqualified. Because not everyone would know about it. Maybe she's a hollow. So he's a contradiction in Rabbi Shimon. Also, Bryce says, like, very. He's kind of, he just said, Rabbi Shimon ben says, like Rabbi Meir, that Amonis Isa is allowed. And then he says, the exact opposite. If it was, but a mamzer is not allowed. They're saying the exact opposite. If it's a doubt of a, if a husband was a doubtful mamzer, then she's not allowed. To, then she is allowed. Yes, but in the case of a cholol, then she's not allowed. And you just said that if it's a doubt of a mamzer, then you're not allowed. And if it's a case of a doubtful cholol, then you are allowed. Okay, but this is the Brais. Now that you must analyze the whole Brais, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, my what kind of doubt are we talking about? The husband's status. We're not talking about the husband's status as a doubtful mams or a doubtful nazar or a doubtful servant. Only if he's a doubtful cholo. Then he is kosher. So maishna, what's the difference? Why? Because if the husband is a mamza. And a nasin and a servant, then the wife is disqualified, biblically disqualified. So chol is also disqualified. So what's the logic? Why, if you're in doubt, what's the difference? What kind of doubt it is? They're both biblical. If a chol, 
sleeps, is intimate with a woman, she becomes a halala and she's never allowed to marry a kayan. So what's the difference between if the husband is a doubtful mom to the husband is a doubtful halala? The su. You know what they're saying here? They're saying here that... Oh, in addition, you said, any, any husband who has a doubt except these three, you're allowed to marry. What's a man adding? It's exactly what the Tanakhama says. That's the testimony of Rabbi Yeshua. The Su, in addition, what Rabbi Shimon Allah at the end of the Bryce, Rabbi Shimon Allah says, in the name of Rabbi Meir, like we said, if the husband is a doubtful cholo, and then he concludes, my kid and you saw You're saying the exact opposite. You're saying that people know who's a mamzer, so a mamzer then she is allowed to marry a koyin, but a cholo, no one recognizes you're not allowed to marry a koyin. So it's not like a mayor. So I'm Rabbi Eichanan to answer all three questions. The difference in the Tanoim is so on. When he called a Mamzer, he protests. Someone calls him a Mamzer. How dare you call me a Mamzer? You're not questioning me. You're questioning my parents. You're insulting my parents. You're saying that my parents had an illicit relationship. But when someone calls him a cholol, he remains quiet. He doesn't, he doesn't respond to the accusation. Rabbi hmm. was talking about a case where we actually don't know the status of the husband because we don't know if his mother was a divorcee or a widow, if the divorce was valid or not. But what if in a different case? No, we don't know anything. So someone came and accused him of being a mamza. And he protested. When someone came and accused him of being a cholol, he was silent. So he says, This is what the Tanakhama said. That anyone who doesn't have a problem with a husband is quiet. He was called a mamzer and he was quiet. He was silent. Or he was called a nesina and he was silent. He was called a slave and he was silent. Or he was called a cholol and he was silent. If he's silent, it's an assumption of guilt. We don't know anything. All we know is someone comes to shul and yells at him, you're a mamzer. And he says nothing. Oh, okay, why are you silent? Someone is insulting you, insulting your parents. And you're quiet. Means it's, 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 you know it's true. You know it's true. You know it's true. Responds, no, it's only regarding the three accusations of being a bastard. If someone accuses him of being a bastard or being a nazin or of being a slave, then she becomes disqualified. But if someone claims he's a cholol, it doesn't prove anything. Why? You know why he's quiet? He doesn't care. Because he can still marry freely. If he's a cholol, that means he's free to marry anyone. <laughs> it's even better. He can marry even a divorced woman. He doesn't have any, the holiness of a kayan. So the fact that he's quiet, it doesn't mean anything. Like, like you're, not, you're not cramped. If you accuse him of being a mom, that means he can't marry a Jew. If you heard a mayor 
Amir rules. That the widow is fit in the case is silent. Not, it's not in the case where he was accused of being a chalal and he's silent. He's called a mamzer abasin and he's silent. Why is he silent? Because everyone knows I'm not a real mamzer. You can't, you can't make up such an accusation. A mamzer, everyone will know about it. Right. You can't take a kosher person and say his parents and mamzer, your parents did something wrong. Everyone would know about it. Cholol, shesh, cholol v'shezu, posel. Avol, mamzer, v'tzeveya. If he accuses of being mamzer and he protests. Right. Or cholol v'shezik. Or someone accuses him of being a cholol and he's, he's silent. And he's puzzled. Why? Because why is he silent? So someone protests, someone calls him to be a mom and he protests, you're protesting too loud. Anyone who protests too loud is a proof that it's correct. Right. They say, how do you know something is true? You don't know something is true until the politician denies it. <laughs> that you know it's true. <laughs> Someone who protests too loud, it's, it means, okay, you just affirm that it's true. In the case well, of a cholol, <laughs> in the case of a cholol, on the contrary, he wants to be quiet. Right. Because, because if he's going to protest, and people, he people are going to start investigating. He says if he doesn't protest, people don't know, people don't know about a cholol, maybe people will forget about it. And those who heard that I'm a cholol means I can marry anyone, so people are not gonna not gonna talk about it. So, so maybe right. Right. So, it's all calculated. The reason he's silent because his reasoning is it's enough. They don't exclude me from the congregation with their accusation. So what I'm a cholol, I can marry anyone. But if I start protesting, then they're going to investigate. They're going to find out that I am really a halal. <laughs> like this, I'm silent. People don't recognize the halalim amongst them. So it won't be widely known. It's not like people are going to publicize it. So let me remain silent. And they tell me I can marry any Jew. So the fact that he's silent, it means, it means it's calculated. He's very, everything is political. Everything is calculated. It's not simple. That's what Rav Shimon ben Elazar is arguing. Yeah, right. Okay. So we learned that B'yesi Emer Shseik Mamzer Kosher. B'yesi said that someone who is silent when someone is accused of being a Mamzer then he's Kosher. Shseik. Whoa, look at that. Shseik If someone is silent when accused of being a Cholol Kosher. That's the end of that. <laughs> Another says the exact opposite. One down, three to go. <laughs> if someone is silent, being accused of being a cholol, it's kosher. We're gonna have to. Re- we're gonna have to read this, this conclusion. He says, if he's quiet and he's a mamza, like we learned, right? He's quiet. Whatever he says, he thinks to himself. Everyone knows that it's not true. <laughs> so he's fit. He says, Cholol, but if he's quiet and Cholol, that doesn't, on the contrary, he wants to be quiet, doesn't want to r- create a ruckus, doesn't want them to investigate, he's possible. Another Braiser we said, the exact opposite. Shtay Cholol, and Cholol is quiet, Kasha. If he re- reacts to silent, if he's accused of being Cholol, he's quiet, he's silent. That means he's kosher. Shtay Mamzer, possible. Yeah. He's quiet. When someone accuses him of being a Mamzer, he's unfit. 
So yeah. it's a contradiction. The Gemara Kasha is not a contradiction. Not on a camel, even Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Shimon, These are the two opinions according to Rabbi Meir. The Brisa that we just learned. The first, the second Brisa holds like the first time Rabbi Meir. And what did he say? That if you're quiet, your mom's it kosher because he holds. Everyone knows, so he doesn't have to say anything. But Cholol, not everyone knows. He has to speak up. Why are you silent? It means you're admitting. And the, and the other Braise, the other Braise holds like Abshim ben Nalazar in the name of Rameh, the exact opposite. That a Cholol is quiet because he doesn't, want, he doesn't want to stir up a hornet's nest. He doesn't want them to investigate. Yeah. So, so that's what, uh, I'm saying. Shtek Cholol. No, just the opposite. Shtek Cholol. No, the first Braise. The first Braise holds, the first Braise that says that if you're quiet, if someone claims you to be a mamzer, you're kosher, because he thinks to himself, everyone knows it's not true. But if he's, if he's a shtek halal, if he's someone accused him of being a halal and he's silent, he's puzzled. The reason he's silent is calculated. He doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't, want, to, he doesn't want to stir up a hornet's you know, nest. Right. But the, what's second? the other b'raise, the second b'raise is according to the first opinion of, of Rabbi Meir. The exact opposite. That if someone accuses you of being a halal and you're quiet, you're kosher. Time up. Why? Why you're kosher? Because, because he doesn't care less. Um, it doesn't matter to him. He can marry freely, so he doesn't even bother to respond. But if someone accuses you of being a mamzer, he's saying that you're not allowed to marry a Jew and you're quiet, yeah. it's an admission, and therefore it's perfect. We'll stop over here tomorrow. Yeah, we'll continue stop, the yeah, Mishnah, perfect. and with Hashem's help, we're going to finish the chapter the tomorrow. The we're yeah. going to stop. Okay, Good morning, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off. First chapter in Ksuvah's 13b. On the bottom, the last, the last line. There was a husband and wife who were betrothed, the first stage of the marriage. The last line on the bottom, 13b. They came before Rabbi Yosef. He, Amra, she claims, and she gave, she gave birth. So she claims that it was, the father is, is her betrothed. The only one she had a relationship was her betrothed. And he said, we continue on 14a. In, true. So yes, correct. Me know you from me. Why should we, why should we suspect? Firstly, the husband agrees. The betrothed agrees that he, yes, illegally. They were not allowed to be together, but they were. So he's the father. In addition, we believe her. She knows for certain who, who the father is, who she was intimate with. And she says it's a kosher. She didn't, God forbid, commit adultery. Once you're betrothed, it's not like today an engagement. A betrothal is like a marriage. That if you, if you commit adultery, you get stoned. So she says, it was no adultery. It was with my, my betrothed. Yes, I wasn't allowed to, but I did. We had relations, and he's the father. I didn't do it, and the child is a kosher. So that's what Abiyasu says. So, the, so of course, there's nothing to worry. There's nothing to suspect. What are you saying? You're saying that what if what if the husband would not agree? 
Let's say the husband would not admit that he was the father. Would Ramlil say that she's fit? Firstly, he said the first reason is because he admitted. And he says, even if he didn't admit, Ramlil says that we trust her over him. But it would, in this case, would Rabbi Gamliel agree? But Shmuel said to Rabbi Yehuda, Shinana, sharp one. Yes, the law follows Rabbi Gamliel, but don't don't follow this rule unless the majority were kosher. Let's say she was in town, and most of the town are Jews. So then you can follow Rabbi Gamliel and believe her that the child is kosher because you follow the majority. The majority, what's the question? The father is a non-Jew the, or, or, or a bastard or this? No, the majority of the people in the town are kosher Jews. So therefore, that's, why, that's when you follow the law of Rabbi Gamliel, that we believe her. But Hacha, in our case, the only one she could have relationships and it's kosher is her husband. Any other Jew had relationship with her, it's adultery. So how could you say, Rabbi Gamliel, or even in this case, we wouldn't follow Rabbi Gamliel. So what are you quoting me, Rabbi Huda said in the name of Shmuel, that even if he didn't admit it, we would follow the Rabbi Gamliel. The law follows Rabbi Gamliel, not in this case. How the law can't follow Rabbi Gamliel. There's only one scenario where the child is kosher. And that's if it was with a husband. The majority, anyone else, if she had relationship with any other Jew, it's adultery and the child is a bastard. So in this case, he can't believe her over him. says, according to you, your reasoning, you can ask on that itself, on that statement. He says, First he says, the law follows Rabbi Gamliel. Shmuel says, the law follows Rabbi Gamliel. And then he says, but don't follow it. Don't act on it. Why not? In other words, what do you see from there? That Rabbi Gamliel himself said in all cases, Rabbi Gamliel himself holds that in every single case, even if you don't have a majority of Jews in town or kosher, nevertheless you believe her, period. And Shmuel is saying, but don't follow, his, don't follow him. Even though the law is like Rabbi Gamliel, he's correct, but in practice, don't follow it. So what do you have to say? That he's saying, in, after the fact, of course the law follows Rabbi Gamliel, of course we believe her, and, we, and the child is kosher, we believe her, we take her word, that the one who had the father is a kosher, and it was a kosher relationship, so the child is kosher. But initially, don't follow, initially don't allow them, initially you shouldn't follow. You can't marry her, can't marry her, she can't marry a koyin, initially. Since the majority in the town are not kosher Jews, maybe it's mostly non-Jews, so you can't, you can't, yeah. So initially don't follow, but after the fact, of course the law follows Rabbi Gamliel. So here it's after the fact, the child is already born. It's also like after the fact, because otherwise she'd be prohibited to her husband. If you're going to be strict, what you're saying is that, that she committed adultery. So this is already like after the fact, 
Right. And also the child will be, will be disqualified. Because then the child is a bastard. He can't marry anyone. So therefore, it's like after the fact. And therefore, we followed up Gamliel. That's what Abi Yitzhak is arguing. So therefore, there's no reason to not believe it. Even, even if the husband would not admit it. In fact, the husband admitted it, so fine. So then there's nothing even to discuss. But even if not, even if the husband would not admit, we would follow, we would follow Rabbi Gamliel. It says we believe the woman. We believe the, the mother. Okay. As this seeming contradiction from me, Rabbi in the menace, Rabbi Shua argued with Rabbi Gamliel and say the woman is not believed. I'll ask you a question. But I said, hey, Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Yehuda, say Rabbi Yehuda himself and Rabbi Yehuda say to testify. Regarding a widow of a person of an uncertain status, maybe he's a cholol, maybe he's not. So he said that she is, and if she, if he's a cholol, what's a cholol? Cholol is a koyin who's disqualified. Let's say a child of a koyin who married a divorcee. So even though the child is a koyin, but the child is a cholol, he doesn't have the holiness of a koyin. And when he, in turn, has relationships with a woman, he disqualifies her. She becomes a halala. She cannot marry a koyin. Wait a second, like the case of the ten koanim. She's a suffolk halal. Let's say the mother was a... We're not sure if she's a divorcee. The husband gave her a divorce, but it's a doubtful divorce. We don't know if it was closer to him or closer to her. And then he dies, so she's a widow. And then she gave birth. So is, is she a halal? If she's a, and she married a, a, a koyin... And they gave birth to this Kayan. So if the mother is a divorcee, then he's a Cholo. He, he doesn't have the holiness of the status. He can marry anyone. And, and any woman he has a relationship with, she can no longer ever marry a Kayan. She becomes a Cholo. Or if the divorce was not a divorce, and she's a widow, then the, husband, the child is 100% kosher. And then his wife is 100% kosher. So it's called dough. Just like dough is mixed mixed ingredients, right? Right. You mix the ingredients, you make the dough, so you don't know... You don't know what ingredient is what, I guess. It's all mixed together. So also her situation is mixed. We don't know. It's not clear what the status is. So he says that they testify that the widow is allowed to marry a koyin. What do we see from here? Rabbi Shua holds clearly that we follow her chazaka, her assumption that she's kosher. And the fact that she's married to a man who we have a doubt, maybe a cholol is not enough to usurp her chazaka. So it contradicts our Mishnah. In our Mishnah, Rabbi Shua says that we don't say that she has a presumption of innocence. Contradiction, because now Mishnah Rabbi Shua says that we don't presume that she's innocent, we don't believe her. And she's not allowed to marry a Koyan. So Rabbi answers, How could you compare the two cases? Awesome over there. There, when a woman marries, she investigates her husband. Right. She goes to the library and checks. Yes, books, right? yes. Yeah. She checks her, her, her yeah. his genealogy and then she marries. Right. When a woman has an illicit relationship, 
You think she's doing research? It's in the spur of the moment. She got carried away. A sin of passion. Before you marry, you, do, you send out the detectives and the shatchanim and you inquire and you make sure that everything is kosher, up and up. So surely if she married him, we can assume, we can assume that she investigated that her mother-in-law's divorce was not a divorce, that it landed closer to their mother-in-law's husband, and therefore she's a widow, not a divorcee, and she was able to marry the Kayan and the child is 100% kosher. You don't pay the penalty of four and five, because one witness can't do it Look at the opposite case. You're only asking a contradiction with Rabbi Shur and Rabbi Shur. is also a contradiction. But said to them, and that we just quoted in the case of Isa, in the case of a woman who was married to a doubtful cholum. He said, we accept your testimony. That, that that's what you heard, and that's the law of a man nasa. What can we do? Decreed that you're not allowed to convene a court for this purpose to say that 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 that, that, that it's legitimate. Shakenim shemuchem l'rachik. Avoid lekadim because the kainim are only going to listen to the court if the court will be strict to say. That it's, she's prohibited. But to say that she's permitted, the kind of are not going to listen. So Rabbi Gamliel holds that a woman who's uncertain is not allowed to marry a Koyan. And here in our mission, Rabbi Gamliel is the one who's lenient. So it's like they flip their opinions. Here Rabbi Shu is lenient, and so she can marry a Koyan, no problem. Even though she may have slept and may have been intimate with a Cholol, which makes her a Cholola, which makes her prohibited to a Koyan, says no. She's okay. She's kosher. She can marry a kohen. And I'm Gamliel, who in our mission is lenient, and say we believe her when she says who who she, who she had relationship with. He says over here that we don't we don't in practice in practicality in practice we don't allow her to marry a kohen. Ella rather It's not a contradiction. In our mission, she claims with certainty. She says, I know who I slept with. Well, what are you telling me? He's no good. <laughs> no, he is good. In one case, he is. But there, she has no idea. How does she know what happened with the get? She doesn't know. She wasn't there when her husband's mother got divorced. She wasn't present. How does she know? She can't say for certainty that, that my husband is a cholol, not a cholol, whether my, my husband, my mother-in-law is a divorcee and not a divorcee. She doesn't know. Right. It's not a contradiction. You know why Rabbi Shushua is not lenient in our case? Because in our case, there's only one doubt. But there in the Mishnah, there are two doubts. What's the doubt? Here, it's only one doubt. Whether she had it was intimate with someone who's fit or someone who's unfit, with the bastards or someone who's kosher. But over there, there's two doubts. He said there was only one doubt: is the husband a chalul? Is not the chalul? He's like a dough, mixed ingredients. It's mixed up. It's confused. We don't know what the status is. It's all mixed up. What do you mean two doubts? Dashi says it's not a. It doesn't mean over here like a regular svek sveka, a double doubt. He means that the doubt of her status is not from anything that happened to her. 
it comes stems from her husband's mother the husband's mother what happened to her and she becomes you want to prohibit her because she had relations with her husband you want to prohibit the husband because it's something that happened to the mother that's what he means it's a two doubts it's two steps it's not direct here it's direct who does she sleep with our mission, who does she sleep with? Someone who's kosher, someone who's not kosher. She slept with someone who's not kosher. Then, then, then she can no longer marry a koyin. And her child may be a bastard. She slept with someone who's kosher. She can marry a koyin and her child is kosher. It's one doubt. Here, it's derivative of two steps. It's indirect. It's, it's because what, what's her status? Depends what her husband's status is. What's her husband's status? Depends what her mother's status was. That's what he calls, it's like remove two doubts. In this case, you can be lenient. Well, now the Gemara accepts Rav's, Rav's opinion, Rav's uh, clarification, according to Ram Alam lay buddy. Buddy is so strong. According to Ram Gamliel, when she says for certain, certainty is so powerful. If she claims certain, she knows who she slept with. He doesn't know. She knows. So it's, it overwhelms, it overpowers, even if it's only one doubt. V'kile Shemba. But if she doesn't know, then it weakens her positions tremendously. You're just arguing hypotheticals. She has no clue. Then even in the case, if it's a secondary doubt, in other words, her status is derived from her husband's status, is derived from the mother's status, nevertheless, since she doesn't know what happened, we say she's prohibited from marrying a koyin. And let Rabbi Shua, according to Rabbi Shua, one doubt is so powerful. Even if she claims with certainty, I know who I slept with. We don't believe her. No. Since there's only one doubt, who did she sleep with? So therefore she's prohibited from marrying a koyin and a child is prohibited. But if it's a secondary doubt, a doubt that comes from two steps, that we're so lenient, even if she doesn't even know, we also say it's kosher. The rabbis learn what's considered Ammonas Isa. Rabbis are clarifying when he says a doubt, we're not talking about someone who's a doubt, maybe he's a mamzer. Suffolk mamzer. You know, we don't know. We don't know if he's a bastard or not. We don't know his status. We don't know if he's a nothing or not. We don't know if he's a slave or not. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're only talking about someone who's a doubt if he's a cholo. Amramer Amer says, we continue on side B, 14B. I heard. That anyone doesn't have any of these disqualif- possible disqualifications. Masih and Likud. Right. So Gemara said, what's Amir adding? That's exactly what the Rabbi Shur said. Rabbi Shur said. Rabbi Shur testified that the Suffolk Cholol, Isa, Suffolk Cholol, is allowed to marry. What's Amir adding? also said likewise. What's The only doubt is whether he's a cholol, the husband is a cholol or not. Whether the husband's the, the mother-in-law, the husband's mother is a divorcee or just a widow. 
Why? Why in that case? Why in the case of a mams and not? Because the Jewish people recognize the bastards among them. But they don't recognize the halalim among them. So if it's a question with a husband that sees husband as a mamza, we should say she's fit. It's not even a doubt. But if he was really a mamza, everyone would know about it. If it was a possible halal, we have to say that she's disqualified. Because not everyone would know about it. Maybe she's a halal. So he's contradicting Rabbi Shimon. The whole Brice says, he just said, Rabbi Shimon Ben-Lazar says, like Rabbi Meir, that Ammonus is, is allowed. And then he says the exact opposite. If it was, but a mamzer is not allowed. They're saying the exact opposite. If it's a doubt of a, if a husband was a doubtful mamzer, then she's not allowed to, then she is allowed, yes. But in the case of a cholol, then she's not allowed. And you just said that if it's a doubt of a mamzer, then you're not allowed. And if it's a case of a doubtful cholol, then you are allowed. Okay, so but this is the Brais. Now that you must analyze the whole Brais, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The Brais is there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my What kind of doubt are we talking about? The husband's status. We're not talking about the husband's status a doubtful mamza or a doubtful nazar or a doubtful servant. Oh, but a cholol kosher. Only if he's a doubtful cholol. Then he is kosher. So, what's the difference? Why? Because if the husband is a mamze and a nasin and a servant, then the wife is disqualified, biblically disqualified. So cholol is also disqualified. So what's the logic? Why, if you're in doubt, what's the difference? What kind of doubt it is? They're both biblical. If a cholol sleeps is intimate with a woman, she becomes a halala and she's never allowed to marry a koyan. So what's the difference between if the husband is a doubtful mamze and the husband is a doubtful halal? The so, you know what they're saying here? They're saying here that. Oh, in addition, you said, any, any husband who has a doubt except these three, you're allowed to marry. What's a mere adding? It's exactly what the Tanakama says. That's the testimony of Rabbi Shur. The so, in addition, what Rabbi Shimon Allah says, at the end of the Brahis, Rabbi Shimon Allah says, in the name of Rabbi Meir. What's a suffix isa? Like we said, if the husband is a doubtful cholo. And then he concludes, You're saying the exact opposite. You're saying that people know who's a mamzer. So a mamzer, then she is allowed to marry a koyan. But a cholo, no one recognizes you're not allowed to marry a koyan. So it's not like a mayor. So I'm a Rabbi Eichanan to answer all three questions. Mamzer tzeveya v'chol sheisigig v'nayu. The difference in the Tanoim is so on. When he called a Mamzer, he protests. Someone calls him a Mamzer. How dare you call me a Mamzer? Because you're not questioning me. You're questioning my parents. You're insulting my parents. You're saying that my parents had an illicit relationship. But when someone calls him a cholol, he remains quiet. He doesn't, he doesn't respond to the accusation. Rabbi hmm. sure was talking about a case where we actually don't know the status of a husband because we don't know if his mother was a divorcee or a widow, if the divorce was valid or not. But what if in a different case? No, we don't know anything. Someone came and accused him of being a mamza. 
and he protested. When someone came and accused him of being a cholol, he was silent. So he says, This is what the Tanakhama said. Is Amonis Isa? What's considered Amonis Isa? Because I'm a little sick. Mam Zayde, so the sin of sukkah, the chamle That anyone who doesn't have a problem with a husband is quiet. He was called a mamzer, and he was quiet. He was silent. Or he was called a sinner, and he was silent. He was called a slave, and he was silent. Or he was called a cholo and he was silent. If he's silent, it's an assumption of guilt. Uh-huh. We don't know anything. All we know is someone comes to Shul and yells at him, you're a mamzer. And he says nothing. Oh, okay, why you silent? Someone is insulting you, insulting your parents. And you're quiet. Means it's, 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 you know it's true. You know it's true. You know it's true. No, it's only regarding the three accusations of being a bastard. If someone accuses him of being a bastard or being a nazir, or of being a slave, then she becomes disqualified. But if someone claims he's a cholol, it doesn't prove anything. Why? You know why he's quiet? He doesn't care. Because he can still marry freely. If he's a cholol, that means he's free to marry anyone. <laughs> it's even better. He can marry even a divorced woman. He doesn't have any, the holiness of a kayin. So the fact that he's quiet, it doesn't mean anything. Like, like you're, not, you're not cramped. If you accuse him of being a mom, that means he can't marry a Jew. If you heard a mayor, a mayor rules that the widow is fit in the case of silent lawyer, the of a not it's not in the case where he was accused of being a khala and he's silent, Ella He's called a mamzer, a bastard, and he's silent. Right. Why is he silent? Because everyone knows I'm not a real mamzer. You can't, you can't make up such an accusation. A mamzer, everyone will know about it. You right. can't take a kosher person and say his parents are mamzer, your parents did something wrong. Everyone will know about it. Cholol, shesh, cholol, v'shesu, puzzle. If he accuses of being mamzer and he protests, right? Or someone accuses him of being a cholol and he's, he's silent, then he's puzzled. Why? Because why is he silent? So someone protests, someone accuses him of being mamzer and he protests. You're protesting too loud. Anyone who protests too loud is a proof that it's correct. Right. They say, how do you know something is true? You don't know something is true until the politician denies it. <laughs> denies it, that you know it's true. <laughs> Someone who protests too loud, it means, okay, you just affirm that it's true. In the case well, of a cholol... <laughs> in the case of a cholol, on the country, he wants to be quiet. Right. Because, because if he's going to protest... People, people are going to start investigating. He says, if he doesn't protest, people don't know. People don't know about a cholol. Maybe people will forget about it. And those who heard that I'm a cholol means I can marry anyone. So people are not going to not going to talk about it. 
So, so maybe right. Right. So, so, so it's all calculated. The reason he's silent, because his reasoning is, it's enough, they don't exclude me from the congregation with their accusation, so what am I I can marry anyone. But if I start protesting, then they're going to investigate, they're going to find out that I am really a chal. Like this, I'm silent, people don't recognize the halalam amongst them, so it won't be widely known, it's not like people are going to publicize it. So let me remain silent. And they tell me I can marry any Jew. So the fact that he's silent, it means, it means it's calculated. He's very, everything is political. Everything is calculated. It's not simple. That's what Abshim ben Allah is arguing. Yeah, right. Okay. He said, and so one who is silent when someone is accused of being a mamza, then he's kosher. Shesayk. Whoa, look at that. Hey. If someone is silent when he's accused of being a cholol, kosher. That's the end of that. Another bride says the exact opposite. If someone is silent and being accused of being a cholol, it's kosher. We're going to have to read this, this conclusion. He says, if he's quiet and he's a mamza, like we learned, right? He's quiet, whatever he says. He thinks to himself, everyone knows that it's not true. So he's fit. Say cholol, but if he's quiet and cholol, that doesn't, on the contrary, wants to be quiet, doesn't want to create a ruckus, doesn't want them to investigate, he's possible. Another b'raisa we said, the exact opposite. Shtay cholol, and cholol is quiet, kosher. If he reacts to silent, if he's accused of being a and he's quiet, he's silent. I mean, he's kosher. Like mamzer apostle, yeah. he's quiet. When someone accuses him of being a mamzer, he's unfit. Yeah. So it's a contradiction. It's not a contradiction. It's not a contradiction. These are the two opinions according to the Brice that we just learned. The first, the second Brice holds like the first time. And what did he say? That if you're quiet, your mom's it's kosher, because he holds, everyone knows, so he doesn't have to say anything. But cholol, not everyone knows, he has to speak up. Why you're silent? It means you're admitting. And the, and the other b'raisa, the other b'raisa holds like a shimon ben Lazar in the name of Rameh, the exact opposite. That a cholol is quiet because he doesn't, want, he doesn't want to stir up a hornet's nest, he doesn't want them to investigate. Yeah. So, so the, that's what, uh, I'm saying, no, just the opposite. No, the first b'raise, the first b'raise holds the first b'raise that says that if you're quiet, if someone claims you to be a mamzer, you're kosher. Because he thinks to himself, everyone knows it's not true. But if he's if he's a shtek halal, if he's someone accused him of being a halal and he's silent, mm. he's puzzled. The reason he's silent is calculated. He doesn't, doesn't he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to stir up a hornet's you know, nest. Right. But the what's second? The other brayse, right. the second brayse is according to the first opinion of, of Rabbi Meir, the exact opposite. That if someone accuses you of being a halal and you're quiet, you're kosher. Time up. Why? Why you're kosher? Because, because he doesn't care less. Um, it doesn't matter to him. He can marry freely, so he doesn't even bother to respond. But if someone accuses you of being a mamzer, he's saying that you're not allowed to marry a Jew and you're quiet, 
It's an admission, and therefore it's perfect. We'll stop over here tomorrow. We'll continue the Mishnah, and with Hashem's help, we're going to finish the chapter tomorrow. We're going to stop. Okay, have a wonderful day.